Welcome to Making It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will bring you an inspiring person to help you improve in all areas of your life. We'll be chatting with friends old and new who have incredible stories and experiences to share. We'll be listening to some of their obstacles and how they've shown resilience to overcome them. Each episode should give you value and influence and inspire you to your greatness. Welcome to Making It Happen. And you'll not know this voice right now because it's my pleasure to have been asked to interview someone that you've all been wanting to hear from. And after many requests, he finally gave in. And I'm glad that he did because it gives me the opportunity, Michael Daly, to interview Tom Dalton. How are we? Tom, thanks very much. Real privilege to be asked to, to interview. I know a lot of people were asking uh, your own story and want to get into your own story. So I have the privilege of, of, of getting down deep with you. Yeah, we flipped the mics around now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm on the opposite end. So yeah, now looking forward to it. Um, thanks. I'm looking forward to it because uh, the questions that you ask on this podcast are brilliant. You really do get to the heart of it. And it's all about trying to give and share and encourage those that do listen, of which there are so many how best that they can get on with their own lives. Like, has that, that always been important to you, Tom? I suppose with the network of people I have, um, I think there's huge, huge value on the fact that technology is so handy for us now. We can do podcasts. I always wanted to build up a library. And I get a huge amount, even just having a conversation with someone, and I thought, why not record them? And then that's how the podcast came about. And you love conversations and you love being with people and, you, and, you, and you're a real people person as well. I think that's everything. I think even in business and life, I think it all comes from relationships and the conversations you create. And were you always that way? Were you that way growing up? Did you get on with people? Were you, were you at the heart of things in school? Or I was very lucky, probably with my mum and dad and family. They threw us into everything. Um, they Whether it was like sports or drama or karate or whatever it might be, go swimming to build up confidence and I suppose being in all those activities that made me I suppose get on with people very simple thing create relationship with the kids you're growing up with and you're around um, and I probably makes you come out of your shell um, doing all those activities of sports um, I was dys- I'm dyslexic so they found out I was dyslexic when I was seven years of age but they probably more so were like, okay, what can we help him support this to help him grow and develop? So, yeah, 100% big uh, supporter of my family, yeah. And like in, like in terms of dyslexia, and I'm going to talk about that later, because I know it's a big part of your life. Did that come as a big shock to them or a big shock to you? Did you know what it was? Did you... Um, well, if, if some people have, some people might know the story already, but I'll just go back to it. I mentioned it in my TED Talk. Um, I found out I was dyslexic when I was seven years of age, and basically... I remember being in my kitchen in the house, my mum and dad's house, and bawling crying because I thought I was diagnosed with a disease. I thought it was actually something I might need to take a pill or a tablet to fix. I had no understanding of what this was. All I known was I was pulled out of school, I wasn't keeping up with other kids, and something was wrong. Flip back to now, I have a totally different understanding of it. Um, I love that I'm dyslexic. I don't think I'd be the person I am today without it. I think it's a big driver for me and it's a big passion. I'm involved with Dyslexia Ireland and I love helping other people that are dealing with dyslexia. So that was my, when I was seven years of age, I suppose my understanding was, well, I have a disease, what's wrong with me? And like in, in, in terms of that, Tom, and, you, and, you, and you, you, you know a lot more about this with regard to dyslexia, did you feel stupid because you had it or did you feel less than others because you had it? Or I probably 
when back then I probably had a bit of a comparison, I, I suppose, as most kids do. You're comparing yourselves to others and why have I got this and what's holding me back and this is going to stop me and maybe I am a bit thick. Um, and going back to now, it's just we all learn differently. Like, we're having a conversation now, you learn differently than I do, we, and everybody does. And that's my understanding of dyslexia now, is everybody learns differently. And Tom, like in terms then of sport, and, and we know sport is a big part of your life, it's a huge part of your life. Was it a huge part back then, growing up and being a young person at that age, finding out you had dyslexia? I'd say so, yeah. Um, I was probably a... It's funny, my, my, I, my dad never kicked a soccer ball in his life and that's what I get into. I played uh, football with St. Joseph Boys, Sally Noggin, all the way growing up. And probably sport got me out of my shell a bit and it got me out of school and got me training twice a week and playing a game at the weekend and probably brought me out of my shell a bit more. Um, I think it's a great confidence builder. Um, one of the things I loved growing up was, was swimming as well and getting your lessons and swimming and stuff like that and being confident in the water. So... Probably they, they did get my mind off maybe what is this dyslexia and what is it and is it holding me back, you know? And then, like, in terms of, I'm just, uh, you're finishing up in school and you're coming to the end of school. Did you know what it is that you want to do then? Or, did, like, were you, were you, was, was, was there ever a concern around dyslexia holding you back and not having the career that you wanted to have? Or was the career that you did want but mightn't go the way that you did want it to go because, like, what, what, what was happening for you as, you as you were finishing up school? Well, I suppose the good thing is um, I took to the drama very well. So I kept all my drama grades and I did drama outside school. And I think that's one of the things that stands me today and why I may have to get up in front of audiences and talk to big crowds or people was learning the poems and being at the feshes at the weekend and getting up and doing your poetry or your piece or your movement to music. But I suppose when I was finishing up in sixth year and doing my leave insert, there was probably, I was looking probably at people around me and going, well, we need to make a decision now. And one thing at the time, music was a big part of my life and I looked into that and I was worried about will I get the points and I got into sound engineering of all things. Uh, which is very far from what I'm doing today now. But uh, I went to Bray Institute of Further Education, did two years there, and that was great. Learned about music production and audio, and that got me to a certain point, but then there was always probably a burning desire to travel. Um, And I planned to get a bit of travel before I started my career and stuff like that. So I did college. Was supposed to go to New York for three months. That didn't work out. Long story short, I ended up going to uh, Vancouver, Canada um, for, I actually didn't go for three months, went for a full year. And it was one of the best things I ever did. I was 21, um, going off to learn to pay rent, doing my own washing was a big uh, learning curve, but one of the best things I ever did. And I made some of the best friends I have in my life still today. And Tom, but that was a brave decision to go for twenty one doing that, or like was it an exciting thing to be doing, or was yeah. there much talk on into going? Like, I suppose originally my friends were probably gone away for three months, and I was like, oh, I'll do that and I'll come back, and that didn't work out for me. So I was like, do you know what? I finished in my two years in Bray, and I was like, what will I do? What do I want to do? And I was like, do you know what? I can get a visa for a year here. The world's your oyster. I haven't really travelled outside of Ireland much other than Europe, so I was like, let's see what's out there. And there was a very, I'll never forget being on the flight and going, I've no flight booked back home. What am I going to do? But uh, 
just like life, you roll with the punches sometimes and you learn and I got a job as a busboy and made friends and then got another job in construction and just led one thing to the other and just had one of the best years of my life. Very different from what you've been doing in college. Yeah, 100%. And like, even as I mentioned earlier, like just learning to wash your own clothes and dishes and pay your own rent. It's a, it's a big learning curve in life, but one that like is fantastic. It's one that stood to you. Yeah, exactly. And you stayed there, did that. And then what happened? To you? Did you come back to Ireland? Or? I came back and I'll never forget uh, being in uh, the kitchen with my mum and I wanted to get straight back out. I was thinking of Australia next and I'm going to go travel and I'm going to go travel. And then we had one of the worst years ever, the recession hit. Um, and things were doom and gloom here and people had lost jobs. And at the time, my mother felt a little bit ill. And um, so I was like, you know what? I'll stick in Dublin for a while. And but I'll still travel. Um, so anyway, I got into of all things, I got into the restaurant work and then I got into retail and worked my way up in retail. I always had a, probably a burning desire to do my best in whatever role I was given, and so I pushed myself um, forward in retail. And one thing led to another, and then I wanted to go back to college and do uh, personal training and sport and nutrition. So that's what led me into that. Right, and then you then. Having gone back to college, you you, uh, you 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 were in college, Tom. Like, how did you feel about going back to college then? Did dyslexia kick in then? And, and Tom, I, do, and I want to just explore that dyslexia. I know it's a big part, and we will come to it. Did, was 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 that an issue for you going back and studying what it is that you want to go back and study? Probably not. More of the issue was probably like I was working full time in retail at the time, and I I got up to a management position, and I got a couple of promotions, which is very good, but. I probably had a little bit of a burning desire somewhere to do my own thing and start my own business. And I didn't know what that was. At one stage, I thought it was going to be selling coffee and have a mobile coffee van. And I'll never forget, I know I'm going a bit off topic now, but I never forget getting a book off Amazon called The London Coffee Guide. And I got this book off it and I gave all these addresses of all these cafes and I emailed around 60 or 70 of them just to say, listen, I'm planning a trip to London. I'd love to meet you for a cup of coffee and chat about your business. I think... 10 replied and I met four of them and I did a barista training course and came back from London and I had all these ambitions and I'm going to get out of retail and I'm going to get a mobile coffee van I don't know where I'm going to get the money from but I'm going to do this and I'm going to be standing outside a dart station and sell cups of coffee this is my burning plan and I'll never forget I met a couple of coffee people here one of them was Bobby Kerr another guy called Colin Harmon and they said don't do it so but I always had that little desire I was like what do I want to do I want to set up my own thing or I don't want to be working for the man. I, I want to create my own salary or work, be my own boss. So I kind of always had that passion for sport or football or swimming. So I was like, do you know what? Maybe if I get into fitness or personal training, people tell me don't do it. There's no money in it. You'll be doing this. So I bit the bullet. I handed in my notice in work and cut down to part-time hours and went to study in the evening. And I loved it. Loved every minute of it. I remember getting the bus into town and never missed a college session and just threw myself fully into it. Tom, can I just go back a bit there? Yeah. Like, like, like in terms of, I'm intrigued with who you are sending out these emails. It's just sending them out. I'm going to go for it. Wait, like, did you see that as being confidence or like, well, like, did, like, did you did you give any thought to doing that? Probably not at the time. I probably didn't have any, probably fear of rejection if that's what it would be um 
my dad was probably a big influence like especially like he'd work but he'd always be doing nixers on the side he's a mechanic by trade and stuff like that so I'd always see like maybe there's other opportunities or whatever it be and like what's the worst coming someone can say to you is no so yeah I just at the time yeah I, I always think back to that um uh, that coffee, yeah. And and can I just ask you that? Did you have to pay for the coffees that you met over in London? Did you? No, I didn't. So they were, it was brilliant in the sense that um, I actually got two training courses out of uh, a couple of the well-renowned coffee shops over there. They probably saw my little bit of fire or passion, or maybe they thought maybe there could be something business working forward for us in Dublin. So, or Tom, did they just respect the fact that you reached out and had the courage to send an email and get in touch with them? In terms of meeting people out there, like how many people want to go out and work for themselves and have an idea for about a business, but yet they wouldn't send an email? Yeah, yeah. It's that fear. I think it is. There, there's. I think there's a lot of fear of what's this person going to think, you know, and I follow a couple of people and some of their biggest quotes is you can't care about anyone else. You know, you just need to push forward and nobody really cares, you know. Yeah, but I get that. You, you now know that. As an intellectual, yeah. reading it, right? But you were doing it before you knew it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So here, I'm going to just write to these people. I just want to go on coffee and go and do it. You mentioned then Bobby Kerr and people like that. It's like, they they seen something in you. Where, I, I, it's, I, I don't know, Thomas. Like, maybe it is a bit of naivety. Maybe we all need that. But there's that bit of passion too. Just sending that email, going to London, meeting the people, and then saying, actually, do you know what? This isn't for me. Now, I suppose the other thing, Michael, as well, is um, that email that I had put together, I think I got around five people to double check it, to make sure there was no spelling mistakes, to make sure it was worded correctly, to make sure my passion maybe jumped off the page, maybe that, to go, do you know what, I'll give this guy five minutes or ten minutes at a time, you know? Yeah, but, oh, but isn't that smart, asking four or five people to look at it, yeah. rather than just saying, you know what it is, I'll just send it, and if they don't come back, they don't come back, and they probably wouldn't have come back because it would have been badly written and it would have been wrong, so you said, I'm not going to sabotage myself here. Yeah. I'm actually going to ask people to give me the best chance of getting to meet these people. It's funny now, just talking, having this conversation, it, it's, I probably haven't thought of as much how big of an impact it was, something like that, and that I'm not selling coffees today, do you know? Yeah, but Tom, and you're not thinking about selling coffees mm. either. Like, how, how many people go around that you meet have an idea in their head and they carry it for years, and then when they go and do it, it doesn't work out for a number of reasons. It wasn't for them, but yet it's been in their head blocking other stuff from coming into their head. So you're not sitting here going, you know, maybe I should have given the coffee a go. What would happen if I, maybe I could have done that with the, with the, with the business. No, it's, it didn't work. You gave it your best shot. It didn't move on. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it is just giving it a shot. I, uh, Brian Tracy's got a great line. He says that someday I'll, a lot of people use that line, someday I'll do this, someday I'll do that. And sometimes you just have to give it a shot, you know. And, and, but you're no longer thinking about it. Yeah. Like, it's gone now, Tom. Like, and, and, and frees you up then to go and do what it is that you're doing now. And in terms of you, 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 you talk about the entrepreneur and wanting to work for yourself and be your own person and uh, do your own thing. Was, was, was that something? Like, where, where, can you remember when you thought of that or where that came from? Or was it that I want to make money for myself? Or is it I want to create my own empire? And I'm nothing wrong with any of these things. Is it, was, was, was that the driving? Or was it just, you know what? I'm quicker on my own here. Or like, what, 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 what was the... Yeah, probably, I, I'd say the dyslexia had to do something with the mindset it created. I, very early on, I like, I might have read the odd book. I wasn't a big reader growing up, but I might have heard stories or seen an article or maybe seen a video on maybe 
an entrepreneur or someone like Richard Branson and stuff like that. Dyslexic as well. Yeah, Yeah. and maybe I'd have watched like Dragon's Den in the UK and gone, wow, these are people with ideas that are pitching these business ideas to have these drive. And I suppose it was always just worth giving it a shot. And just just a touch to go back a little second, one thing I haven't mentioned is I... I was networking from a very young age. When I was in retail, I had a Polish friend and his friend owned a coffee shop in Dublin. And I reached out to him because I wanted to learn about coffee and the art of coffee and what was actually happening, what went into it. So I worked for him for free. I worked for him in between my hours in retail. And I think I did like three or four hours in a morning rush just to get to see a coffee machine, how it worked and learn to pull a couple of coffee shots and do the milk and stuff like that. And... I got nothing from that. But what it did is I was like, I was seeing what was working, how people came, what they were buying to get this market research. And that probably was like, I loved it. I didn't want money for it. I got a free lunch off, but that's all, you know, that did it for me. So it was seeing these insights and going, that guy's doing it. What's different from me and him? His his game was coffee. Your his, game was going to be something else. Yeah. And I, I just like in terms of to the fact that you went and did it for nothing. Like you're saying, you know, look, I'll go and get a job in it. I'll give up my job. I'll throw everything into it. No, I'll go and try it for a few hours. And I'm prepared to give a few hours. And he doesn't have to pay me. I get a free lunch. Great. And it, is that something that misses with people, do you think, that they, they say, look, you know what, I want to try this. Well, then just go and do it for nothing. Just give your service. Do you, do you think people have an issue around doing that? Or? I'd say today, yeah. I, I, I do believe... Um, People just expect it, maybe. Whereas, network with the right person, or go do something like internship, or work for some for six months for free, and, and just learn, learn off the best. And you can approach these people and give them their time for free, or help them out. I heard, um, I love hearing other people's success stories, and I heard one recently about Prince, the musician, and when he was growing up or uh, being an aspiring musician, he didn't have money for a studio, a recording time. So he used to be the janitor. He used to mop and clean up the studio to get the studio time. And that sticks to me. Um, and I don't think a lot of people want to sacrifice that sometimes. If, I, if I'm being honest. If yeah, I'm being no, really that's, honest, that's I don't the, yeah, think yeah, a lot of yeah. people want to get around in the dirt or the shit and just just get dig in, you know? And Tom, like, and, 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 I mean, you talk about Dragon's Den there and, and, and we, we'll come back a bit about the drama and presenting and getting in front of people. I just, like, can I just push you on a bit about that in terms of get stuck in, do the bit, do the dirty work, don't get paid for it. It's part of that because now we want so much instant success and we want things to happen and, you know, we, we talk about the brilliance of social media and the brilliance of, of, of LinkedIn and all these platforms. And yet at the same time, we expect immediate results. Is, is that something that stops people that they want? They don't want to put the, 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 the dog work in or the leg work in. Do, do you think that's what stops people too? Or I think so. I think uh, um, being consistent is uh, very important. And I, I know that in my business now today, like you have to be consistent in what you're doing and I, I say to any of the guys that work for me all the time, like you're only as good as your last session. And that's how it is. Um, I think nowadays in social media, um, a lot of people just expect it to click their fingers and it's going to happen. Whereas they might see an image or a post or an article and they might know what the amount of work that's gone into to get to that. Um, I think there's a lot of false stuff out there. Um, and I think there's... I'd be very conscious of what I consume now and who I listen to and what I'm listening to because 
I don't know. Yeah, it's just I think consistency is the key. So figuring out what it is that you want to do and just being consistent with that. Yeah, I like like a lot of people say do what you love, but I'm like you've got to find out what you love. Do you know that as well? Um, sports was probably a big passion for me growing up. And when it converts to business, I just went back to college and then I kind of fell into it. But I networked with a, a guy. I actually was going to his fitness classes and then I had a conversation with him and he's like, I like your personality and maybe once you qualify, maybe you could come work for me or trial me. So there's everyone around you. It's it's asking the right questions, getting in front of the right people, maybe taking a couple of rejections on the chain and finding out what's working, what's not and f- moving forward. Yeah, but Tom, but l- l- listening to you talk there and that, that whole thing of going back to college and going and, you know, l- l- uh, find out what you love, but there's a practicality about you because maybe what you love and what you love to do won't pay the bills. And then it's how can you do that and pay the bills. It's a practical, like, it's, it's, it, that, that sense, and that, that clearly comes across to me, right? You're, you're a passionate guy and we'll talk about your passions. And, uh, but yeah, you're extremely practical. Like you don't get caught up in that. You don't, you're, like, you're, you're grounded in that, in that you're, you bring a very clear thought line to that. Well, look, was that always there? I'm sure it was a learning process like when I started off in like the fitness industry I had to I still had to have a part time job in retail because I wasn't making enough money and I had to learn the lessons of that and what do you charge or what is my business is it personal training is it group training do I want to get into corporates is it online I didn't know so you have to put the slog in and the work in and get answer these questions Um like one of my first things was I start working with um, primary school teachers and I kind of fell into it. one of the girls that came to one of my classes one day she said would you be interested in training the teachers after school and from that that led from one skill to five skills and the great thing about that was something so simple I'd no overheads I'd bring a little bit of equipment to the school they have a hall in the school the teachers went and got changed we did an hour boot camp fitness session with them I put the gear in the car and went off. So that led from one skill to five. And it was just being shrewd and being smart. And how do I maximize that and learn from that? Or can I charge a bit more? Or what do I need to charge? So, yeah, like it was always learning. But I always wanted, well, like, what's next? What? How can I grow from this? And like in terms of, like, again, I, it's that sense of practicality. Look, I need to pay me bills. I need to have a few bob coming in. So I'll stick with me job. Uh, in retail no ego there throwing, I'm going to throw myself into this and I'm going to and then going off and that teacher's asking you and uh, uh, the instructor saying like your personality you talked about your personality that, and the type of lad that you are then the whole thing of saying yes to it like, you strike me as someone who just says yes to things yeah give me I'll give it that a go yeah yeah I'll try it if it works great if it doesn't that you know, it's, and it's not that there's not a naivety that you'll spread yourself it's just like you're you're, you're open to possibilities yeah I even think uh, in our in the business we have today, I even noticed that like we normally try and do a trial session with them, and let's see if it's going to work together. Rather than go in all hard cost price whatever it's going to be, let's just see if we can work together first. And it is it's that communication and saying yes to each other, and and going and doing it then and following it up then and and and, and having the thought and then taking the action exactly. And in 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 terms of. Your your business now and 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 we, we, if it's okay we we we'll, we'll go here. What, what what's the what's the future looking like? Like what is 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 there plans in place for the future or are you, are you, you know if you are you intending to grow the business or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose what I learned very uh, 
early on was it's not about me. If I want it to be a, a larger business, it has to be around the people you bring in and whether that's coaches or suppliers or whoever you're using. So originally the business started at Tom Dalton Fitness and then I went to TD Fitness and now it's TD Performance. So I walked into a meeting and, and uh, with a client I won't mention, but they said when I had TD Fitness, they were just like, oh, you just do fitness. Whereas now we're managing wellness programs for some of the biggest multinationals and some of the biggest, largest corporate companies. So, um, yeah, it is a growth. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult enough question, Mike, you've asked, because I want to grow the business to a certain level. Um, I want to enjoy it. Um, I want to have the lifestyle that I can enjoy and the balance in that. And I think that's sometimes what people find hard to get is that balance. And Tom, do you say that as an entrepreneur now, or do you say that as a uh, as a partner, as a son, as a, a guy out there? Like, is that? Do, do you, and I'm just thinking in terms of entrepreneurs, and they tell you putting in the hours and 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 the work that they have to put in. And we hear so much about you know the need for balance now. Do you think entrepreneurs need to be getting that more than anyone are? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. But like, if you're starting out, like you have to put the hours and the work in. The numbers don't lie. You know, if you're when I look at the Elon Musk or the Gary Vernachooks, they were just putting hours upon hours into whatever they were driven towards, and that's not going to lie. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's hard work at the start, and still is hard work today. I like we mentioned social media earlier, and I think people can get confused by that. But the amount of new business that we're chasing or knocking on doors or networking with people or getting in front of our meetings, it's nonstop. And I think that's every business, you know, um, because there's so much competition these days. Tom, I'm just intrigued what you're saying there about balance and, and, and the Gary V's and, and the the Musk and that. Like, when you hear them talk, like, they're so passionate about what it is that they're going after. And I'm talking about sports people as mm-hmm. well, musicians, when, when they're chasing what it is that they want, writers, authors, when they they don't want balance. Because if they, if they had balance, they wouldn't achieve what it is that they're after. So for them, passion is more important. And balance, and then for other people, you hear balance is more important. They wouldn't, they wouldn't pay the price for that success, for the want of a better way. And it's, 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 it's in terms of yourself, then Tom. Like, how, how do you look after yourself? How do you look after your own um, energy? Like, for some people, it is going to the gym, and it is like, what, what do you do to relax or to switch off or to take it easy? Yeah, I suppose the point on balance as well. Balance is going to be different for everybody. And um, for me, like, it's just like. Do I have a good lifestyle? Do I enjoy it? Um, am I spending time with the people I want to spend my lifestyle with? Does my business accommodate that all the time? No. Um, but you have to make sacrifices in certain things. What do I do personally? Um, I've just gotten into, the last couple of years, gotten into triathlon a bit more. Um, I would have been big into soccer and kickboxing and stuff like that growing up. But loving that side of things now in the endurance race and then a Dublin Marathon this year. I use that as kind of a release and it's kind of a stress release. Um, but it also is challenging when you have races or triathlons coming up and it can keep you a little bit competitive, a little bit of a competitive edge. But I do it for more than enjoyment, more than anything. And you, you smile there, Tom, when you say competitive. You're a competitive person. Um, when it, I, have a, I have a saying all the time and it's like it nearly a hashtag, never settle. I think it's a great line. Like, I don't like settling for average but I'm always driven for a little bit more so I'd be competitive in business I'd say and just 
wanting to provide the best for myself and can I do that in my life, you know? Um, and just always looking for maybe just to improve a little bit 1% better. Okay, and just pushing yourself that little bit. Like you're not, you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're reaching for the stars, but you're doing it one bit at a time. Exactly. And in terms of, um, I know you, you like to read. Reading, is, is that important to you now and, and, and having books there and audio books? Yeah, audio books are fantastic for me now, especially if I'm in the car or on the go or in between meetings. Um, and like, that's how I consume a lot of stuff through podcasts now. But yeah, reading. And I just, like books are brilliant because even later on in life, now when I've, I'm going to say later on in life, but uh, when I've gotten a little bit older, I probably am reading a little bit more. That gives me a little bit of getting out of business or just clearing my mind for that hour reading that book and getting dug into a book. And I read a lot of what some people maybe call personal development books or fact books or biographies because I think there's lots of learnings I can take away from that. Maybe it's someone in business or some sports story. But uh, that would probably be a bit of my downtime as well and finding my balance would be reading or listening to podcasts. And who do you listen to, or what, like what books are out there? Or if you are, I'm just thinking, like in terms of you are recommending, or you are talking to people. Like, look, the people out there listening to this now, they'd love to know what Tom's reading, or who, who's in, who, who's informing Tom, or where's he getting his thoughts and ideas from. And I, I like um, at the moment I'm reading a great book. I actually have it on hard copy and on um, audio book. A book called Atomic Habits by a guy called James Clear, and. Like there's some classics I rereading over again. Um, the greatest salesman in the world would be one, "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill. I try not consume too much. If something works for me, I try and maybe go back to it. Maybe get a highlighter out and a pen and mark out what were key nuggets I took away from that, and I could maybe use. Um, I think sometimes you can always what's next? What's the next book? I need to read more, more, more. Whereas maybe you're reading the right books and maybe you need to read read it again. And so if you see something in a book that resonates with you, you'll go back to that again. You'll move on, but hold on to that. So it's not about just getting the book read and moving on to the next one. Yeah, I suppose one thing, um, my dad, as I mentioned, is a mechanic by trade, but he did a lot of Dale Carnegie courses growing up. And I probably got into that, probably self-development and reading some of his books and uh, Think and Grow Rich, or sorry, not Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People will be one of my favourite books of his. And it's a, just a classic. And it's... If anything, it's nothing to do with business. It's all to do with how to improve yourself and your well-being and your health and how to improve on, in life. And just like in terms of, of the phenomenal authors you mentioned there and your dad and, and, and his reading too and the impact on you. People, who, who would you look to for inspiration or do you look to people for inspiration? Maybe there are people that we don't know about or who, who, who would be the people that... I don't know if you want to use the word admire or your respect in, in, in business and life or in, in any shape, form or size. Um, I suppose uh, my dad's obviously, my parents, both of my parents have a big influence and inspiring in my life. Um, I, I've been lucky enough to network. Um, we met on an NLP course um, and I'm big on self-development and I love coaching other people. And my journey starting coaching people was fitness. Was getting in front of people actually doing fitness classes. Now it's transitioning maybe from fitness and wellness into maybe a little bit more workshop wise or coaching um, and personal development. So probably a couple of people I I look up to now would be I've actually had one of them on the podcast. Um, it's a guy called Eric Fitzpatrick, and he'd be like a specialist to do with communication and uh, presentations. And then a good friend of mine would be uh, Jerry Duffy, and he's another 
probably speaking coach or mentor and personal development that have talked to huge audiences here and abroad. So I'd be big. They'd inspire me a lot now. Oh, Tom, like that, that seems to be, and, and um, correct me if I'm wrong here, moving forward, and I'm talk, thinking, uh, and we'll talk to you if it's okay about your, 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 te- your, your TED Talk, giving talks and putting yourself in front of people. That seems to be, and I know you you work hard at it. You don't just turn up. You put the time, effort, and energy, into, and the training into it, and all the resources and an investment in yourself. Is is, is that somewhere you see yourself going? I'd say, yeah, absolutely. Um, I put a lot of work into my TED talk, and and that was on dyslexia. It was on dyslexia. dyslexia. It was the title of it was called actually Challenger Thinking. Brilliant. And dyslexia was a team, but I had two goals when I was doing my TED talk. Goal one was to give something of value. So no matter who listened to it or watched the talk, would get something of value. So you didn't need to be dyslexic. It's just to challenge their thought process. And goal number two was um, to make it enjoyable and to use it as a bit of a business card. If someone didn't know who Tom Dalton was, they could maybe get a little taste of that. Um, I've been fortunate with some of the clients we have been asked to deliver workshops on healthy eating, mindset, whatever it might be. So... I'm loving that aspect. Um, I did a workshop there two weeks ago, not too long ago, with, of all things, a makeup brand. And I actually worked with 14 area managers of a specific makeup brand, and I did an hour workshop with them. And I loved every second of it. And I had two goals out of that workshop. Goal number one was to make it an enjoyable experience for them and to give them something of value they could action and take away. And fortunate enough that we'll hopefully be working together in the future so it's I've no doubt that you will because I think the one thing that you always do regardless of any area that you're working in you always make it about the other person you don't make it about yourself where, where, where did that insight come from or how did that how did you come to to think that way I have done a couple of courses with um Jerry Duffy and it's probably the one of the biggest things and I don't think it's from him I think he got it from someone else and Eric Fitzpatrick would highlight this as well and I think Anathan we do it's not about you it's about your audience. And even with this podcast, I was trying to get value from the guests I'm interviewing. Would someone take away from that that can maybe change a habit for them or challenge their thinking or give them an idea to maybe make a little self-improvement? But uh, that's, yeah, Jerry Duffy is probably, he said that to me and it's a quote I have at home. It's not about you, it's about your audience. And Tom, like, like, like the one thing that it takes to do stuff like that is great confidence and great insight and, and somewhat, and correct me again, you know, somewhat having to have a bit of an ego to get up there and put yourself out there. But yet there's no ego about you. Like you're grounded. How do you stay grounded? How, how do you not let the ego run, run wild with itself? Um, I'm a big believer in gratitude. So I I practice it every day. I try and, and any time I'm doing a workshop, I talk about it a lot is like simple little thing is getting a piece of paper out and writing out a couple of things you're grateful for. I try and do three to five things every day and you could put it into your phone or... I've got a great journal called the Five Minute Journal and it gives you a little bit of structure with it but like I think it can change your perspective on things um, sometimes they're up and down and there's so much thing going on in life but if you can take a little few minutes out of your day and actually physically write maybe three things you're grateful for down it can change your perspective and really give you the utmost clarity on what you enjoy and I use that in business, I use it in life, personal, all the above, and it probably has given me the confidence. To do what it is that you're doing and be as successful as you are. And I just wanted to talk like in terms of, you talked about consistency earlier on, 
are your days pretty similar? Do you get up at the same time in the morning? Do you have a ritual in the morning? Do you do you have a program that you live by? Or um, I have to, you know, Janelle's giving me. I have to give her a shout out. My fiance now, she's giving me a. Uh, she's brilliant at structure. Um, she has probably systems for what's a her lot name, of Tom? What's her name? Tom? Her name's Fina. Um, so she has a nursing background but she's got great structure and I probably with my dyslexia would have been juggling 15 balls now I just have a little bit more structure structure my days out plan them but you have to have a bit of balance and freedom as well but um, that's that's helped greatly um, having her in my life has given me a little bit more structure and a bit more direction she'll be laughing as she listens to this back now no, but like in terms of yourself, then do, do, do you, when you get up in the morning, are you are you, out, are you man out for a run, or do you have breakfast, or, or like, or, or is is each day different for you? And, and, and night time as well. Do you have a night time ritual? Like, do you sit down and you know you take out your journal, or do you do that at different times and write your five minutes of gratitude? Or if if I, I try and if if I don't do my gratitude before I go to bed, I try and get it done during the day. Um, I, I'm a big man for maybe turning the phone off for 20 minutes or in half an hour and enjoying a cup of coffee and enjoying something in front of you and just enjoying the moment um, that helps you as well and helps you disconnect because especially having my own business and trying to grow the business there's a lot of people trying to connect with you and you're trying to connect with other coaches or other suppliers so I do think that helps and like in terms of Tom and I'm just conscious of the time wise now uh mentors and coaches and, and, and people in your own life at, at different times if, if, if with regard to where you're going now what, what, what do you see has been the biggest challenge facing you or what challenges are there there for you like and again you can talk personally or professionally whatever, whatever there are how, how do you see the challenges that are coming at you you've got to like you've got to take every day as it comes and nothing's guaranteed I suppose so I just know if in business anyway, if you're consistent and you're good at what you do and you're consistent in that message, I think there'll always be business there. And I'm not saying that there's not going to be ups and downs. There is. Um, but once you're clear on that. And then I think also in personal life as well, if you're consistent on like maybe being healthy, having a healthy diet and having balance and enjoying yourself and enjoying the people in your life, I think you can have a good life. And Tom, it comes across really clear to you that whole thing just being consistent, just doing the right thing and doing it consistently and what works for you. Can I just ask you in terms of, you know, and you, you mentioned quotes there, is there a quote on your desk or is there a quote that, that, that you, you live by? And I don't know whether that changes over time too. Can you think of a quote or a, a saying that, 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 that works for you? There's probably a couple now and I'll have to thank my mother for the first one and I mentioned to a lot of people and she always said it to me actually for very young. She just said, this isn't a rehearsal. And What's your mum's name, Tom? Get Jacinta. Jacinta. And your dad's name, Tom. Uh, Tom, yeah. Tom, 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 Tom so I'm named well, after yeah. him. But yeah. um, she always said that this is not a rehearsal. And that just, even just mentioning it now, it just makes you think like, I'm a big fan of Kanye West and he always says he's the only thing we're guaranteed in life is death. And it's a pretty morbid way to look at it, but that is... The, is while we're guaranteed so it's like just enjoy the moment make the most of it if you can um yeah that probably th- yeah this is not a rehearsal yeah that's that 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 that, that sticks out with regard to being a quote and Tom, best advice you're ever given that you know what advice have you have you have you you lived by or came to you at the right time maybe um if it wasn't this is not a rehearsal i when i was probably starting my business or my entrepreneurial journey I'm not a fan of that word whatever you may call it 
I used to care what a lot of other people thought and I'd be worried about other people's opinions and I'd put value on them. Now I've gone flipped totally the other way and I'd be like, I'm on my own journey, I'm writing my own book, every day is a different page, a different chapter and I just need to do me and the values I have. And being consistent in that as well then when you go and do it. Just then, like, are you a film man? Do you watch films? Are you into films? Are yeah, you? yeah, I watch a lot of films. Um, I suppose, what have I watched recently? A couple of classics. I love, um, there's a great salesman movie and dialogue movie called Glengarry Glen Ross. I've actually seen the play a couple of times as well with my father. One of my favourite movies. And then I think um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels would be one of my favourite there. Guy Ritchie movie. And the dialogue was just brilliant for its time. I think ahead of its time. And like so, and and then you get stuff from them, and yet get to relax while watching them as well. Can I just ask then, finally, um, to the people who 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 work with you, and the people who will be listening to this, and just with regard to them, what would you like them to take away from this? If you were to take one thing away, or you can be more Tom if you if you can think of it. And I know I'm putting you on the spot. Really, we, we came for a conversation. If if you could uh, give one piece of not not even I don't think you're the person to hand it out but that kind of thing of you know I'd love to if they took this away if they just took this away from from having this and from having to take the time out and it's a big commitment to sit down and listen and they'll do it what would you love them to to, to walk away with from Tom Dalton just um you have me on the spot now. No, um, and, and I'm conscious of that, Tom, because we, no, we, 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 we talked before this with regard to having a conversation and having a chat, and, and, and that was our aim, and that was our... Uh, and, and the whole thing around that you always want what's best for other people, and you'll go out on a limb to see that happens. And you value, and I know you value, and you wholeheartedly value those who listen to this. You, you do, and, and, and you want them to, to get value from this. And you've shared so much and you've talked so much and you've given us so much. And I'm just thinking if they could go away with one thing, if they could say, you know what, Tom was there and I'm conscious I'm putting you on the spot. Mm. I'm very, very conscious of that. Uh, it's that whole thing of, you know what, if they take nothing else, will they just take this? And like for me, I'll tell you what I'm going to take from this. And I'll be honest with mm. you, right? I'll tell you what I'm going to take. If, if I've had the, the privilege, obviously, of, of discussing it with you and I've had the pr- privilege of talking. If I, if I was listening to this, the one thing that I would go away is Michael. Tom Dalton talks about consistency and being consistent in doing the right thing by you, not by anyone else, by you. So for me, there's really three things, so I'll be honest with you, I'm taking from this. One is the need to be consistent. The need to be consistent to do the right thing. Don't be doing consistent doing the wrong thing. And the third thing is make it about what works for you. Not in a selfish way, not in a bad way. Figure out what it is and don't get caught up with regard to what it is other people think. Now, that's what I'm taking from it. And um, I'm just wondering, is there anything that you'd like to share that you'd love to see people? Or maybe that's unfair. Maybe we should all just take our own thing from it. I suppose just what you're making the point there and probably the conversation we're at the having. One thing that comes to me is like, just reach out. Um in whatever it is in life you're doing, if you want to contact a family member or someone or a job or career or whatever it is, just reach out. Ask the question. Knock on the door. Just like reach out to that whatever you want to do, whether it's a passion or a pastime, whatever it might be. Just reach out. Go do it. 
And Tom, in fairness, brilliant. Just reach out and you've done it yourself. So there's no preaching there. You're just sharing what's worked for you. Tom Dalton, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to put the questions to you that uh, the people who listen to this wanted to hear. And I'm sure there's loads more questions, but and they can get in contact with you. If they, if they have questions that weren't asked today or they want to pursue the answer, they can always get in contact with you. We'll have to do a round two, but I appreciate Thank you so much, Michael, for hosting and uh, leading on. Brilliant questions. Thanks very much, Tom. Cheers, Mike.